Hello, hello. Welcome back to Leading Woman in Tech. It's Tony here, your lit up leadership career bestie. Here to talk all things leadership, being a woman in tech, and generally taking over the world because that's what we're here to do, right? I just wanted to give you a little hello, hi. Uh, I'm having so much fun at the moment inside all my programs. We're having a tough time at one level in that I've got a number of women working with me in the Get High Bootcamp and also my one-on-one executive coaching who are looking for jobs. And it is a tough market right now. I have had clients land job offers in the last couple of weeks, but it's slower than it has been, I think, at any point. Having said that, I am starting to see more of them getting interviews. So I think there is a shift in the market. So if you are job hunting, hear that. It's getting better and I hope it is going to continue to get better. On the personal front, I've just, I'm actually in the middle of a long weekend. I've had so many long weekends in May <laughs> that uh, I'm having to work on a Sunday night. Uh, I don't normally do this, but I think May is just full of public holidays in the UK this year. And then in addition, I always take a long weekend for my husband's birthday. And so every week is a short week. <laughs> so I'm playing catch up. And so I'm recording this after dinner on a Sunday evening. It's kind of a nice way to do it, actually. I feel like all relaxed and chilled out and here to just talk the talk with you. It's kind of fun. And I had the most amazing couple of days with my husband celebrating his birthday. We didn't do anything super, super special, but we have treated ourselves a little bit and just just generally enjoyed life. Um, I feel like I just need to do more of that. And I hope you listen to that too. Just enjoy life a bit more. But let's talk about today's topic. A couple of weeks back in episode 150, gosh, we've passed episode 150. I didn't even notice that happening. <laughs> I discussed some ways to handle and get yourself really ready to hold difficult conversations. That episode primarily focused on how to have difficult conversations with a team member. But what I want to talk about today in this episode is how to give feedback, which is one specific type of what I think people think of as difficult conversations. Personally, I don't think they should be difficult. And that's kind of part of the mindset shift I want you to undergo by listening to today's episode. I feel that talking about ways to give feedback to your team members especially during or after a difficult conversation with them is vitally important to their individual growth and success and in turn to the growth and success of you, your team and your organization. As a leader, it's your responsibility to nurture your team and you owe it to your team to provide consistent, good, constructive feedback and seeing your team members implement that feedback will hopefully avoid the need for these difficult conversations that I talked about previously as an executive, it becomes paramount that you learn how to do this exceptionally well. So if you're on your way to being an executive, now is the time to be better at giving feedback. But how do you deliver feedback to your team is also an incredibly important skill. It's not just about giving feedback, but how you do it. Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. Out of a positive, negative, and constructive feedback, a majority of employees prefer constructive feedback. But when given properly, negative feedback also helps improve the performance of the employee who received it. That doesn't mean you don't give positive feedback, though. It's just they don't grow from positive feedback, but that doesn't mean that not giving it is acceptable. 
In fact, I would almost argue that in order for people to grow, they need to have a baseline of I'm doing okay here. Many of us have worked for a leader who gives only negative feedback. And in fact, one of the things I talk with a lot of my executive one-on-one clients about is the further up you go, the only feedback you get is bad feedback. And learning how to deal with that from a mindset perspective is really tough. I think it's why the majority of executives have coaches is to kind of deal with that is I'm not getting any feedback here. Is is everything okay? Earlier on in our careers, if we receive some positive, it allows us to go like, well, I'm, I'm doing okay. So when I then get some constructive or negative, I can build. If the only thing you hear is constructive or negative, that's hard. And you need a really good set of mindset skills behind you to deal with that. So be the leader who provides all three. They will grow from the negative and constructive, more constructive than negative, but they need that baseline positive to step out in the right direction. And effectively, it's also honest. And I want you to be too, right? So you need to be honest and open about your team's performance. And it can be a disservice to them to sugarcoat subpar performances. I do this all the time with my team. As in, I want to sugarcoat, but I've learned to get uncomfortable. Because I will still admit that even after years of doing this, it is uncomfortable to me. I don't know if I will ever feel comfortable giving that this isn't quite what I wanted. I will sit there in this kind of semi-tension and be like, they need to hear this. They deserve to hear this from me. My company deserves to hear this from me. My clients deserve to hear from me that that wasn't good enough. We need to look at what went wrong here. But done properly, this leads you to high performance, higher team improvement, and this constant cycle of upward progress in your business. None of us, by the way, should be using the so-called shit sandwich. I'm going to come to that later on. (laughs) Excuse my language, but there's a reason we call it that. (laughs) Now, giving proper feedback takes a lot of practice. And if you're inexperienced at giving feedback or you're new to a leadership role, then you haven't necessarily needed to provide feedback. You might find yourself stumbling along the way and unsure of how to effectively communicate it. So let's dive into some of the mistakes, first of all, that I want you to avoid. The first and biggest mistake is not giving feedback at all, (laughs) letting it all pile up. Avoiding giving feedback because it's uncomfortable for you. And as I said, I still find this uncomfortable. Maybe some people don't, but I do. And I've been doing this for years. And the thing is, when we don't like giving this feedback and we avoid giving it because we don't want to rock the boat, we want everybody to be happy, your team can't grow. How can they improve if you don't get uncomfortable enough to give them feedback? I've seen far, far too many greatly to stumble because they left opportunities for feedback on the table until it was far more serious. This means that the situation becomes far worse than it needs to be, so that when you do give feedback, potentially it's a lot scarier than it needs to be. It can also mean that you begin to resent or be annoyed by a team member more and more if you haven't dealt with an opportunity for feedback in a timely manner earlier on, then you allow the behavior or whatever it is that's got under your skin to perpetuate until it just gets to you completely. The number of people I've worked with, and this probably hits home with me because I probably did this as well earlier in my career, but the number of them where something has got under their skin so much, it's making them angry. They come to me to talk about it. I'm like, well, when did this start? And we trace it back. And there was a small thing six months ago. I'm like, why, why didn't you deal with it? No, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Take the opportunity to deal with it in a prompt and timely manner. You really want to give timely feedback for those small shifts, which improve performance or feedback. 
Also, failing to give that feedback regularly means that they don't have a culture of feedback. So then when you do give it, it's often not well received. What I would say is, as I have stepped into this culture of giving regular feedback, the day-to-day operational feedback, I find very simple now. It's those ones where I feel like somebody's tried something really hard and they've done something that I'm like, oh my God, I'm so pleased they did that. And yet it didn't work. And I'm like, I really, really wanted this to work. And I don't want to hurt them by telling them it didn't work. The thing is, if they don't know that what's going on here isn't good enough, what are we going to do as a business? That's the stuff I struggle with. But suddenly this regular timely feedback, it's small little things, because you do it all the time, it's so easy to do. So don't make the mistake of failing to give regular timely feedback. The second common mistake that leaders make when providing feedback is waiting until an annual or quarterly performance review. So it's kind of like a follow on from the first one. (laughs) A majority of employees want to know what they're doing well at and what they need to improve on on a regular basis. So waiting for that annual or quarterly review could slow the progression. And also it's really bad for their mindset. I talked briefly in episode 150 about the importance of dealing with behavioral issues promptly. And this is the key one. This is exactly what we're discussing, really, is this timeliness of not dealing with whatever issues it is coming up. Don't delay in handling behavioral issues with your team. If something comes up, if you don't tackle it, you can drastically damage the working relationship with your teammates, the morale and trust, not just between you and the individual, but between them and the rest of the company as well. The fourth thing I want you to think about as a mistake to avoid when providing feedback is who we give it to and how often. So oftentimes when we tend to focus on feedback, it's the underperformers, the subpar performers, understandably so. We want them to succeed, we want to grow, might be bad for the business if we didn't do something about it. But what about the top performers? They need feedback too. So don't forget them. I like to aim to give everybody feedback on a regular basis. I think it's the only way to make sure that good work is done and everybody has a growth opportunity. I do wonder how much of our inability as high performers to step into roles is because bosses aren't giving us the feedback that we need because we're good at what we do and they're not saying but you could be better (laughs) so by the way just as a tangent here if you have a boss that gives you feedback you really really want to hear that don't take it as a negative take it as an opportunity to grow because you might be that high performer and it might just be that your boss isn't telling you you're a high performer but that doesn't mean you're not instead say great thank you for that information let me go and shine for you or something like that. Okay, the fifth and final mistake I want you to avoid is failing to figure out what your team needs to improve upon. A lot of leaders have a hard time identifying what specifically their team members need to improve on and will give generic feedback like, you need to be more proactive. Oh my goodness, this one gets under my skin because it's like, there's no specificity. It leaves somebody unsure of how or why or what they need to be doing. No solution is presented. There's no opportunity to discuss a solution because the issue at hand is vague. One of my favorites on the vagueness parameter is you need to work on your executive presence. Something many of the incredible women I work with have come to me and said they're struggling with interpreting. Like, what does it even mean? Because by the way, executive presence is such a huge topic. So the feedback of go work on your executive presence is incredibly unhelpful. Like which of the hundred things that contribute to executive presence is the thing you need me to be working on? Okay, so we've got those five issues, the common mistakes. Those are the pitfalls I want you to avoid doing. But let's discuss how to give that positive, constructive feedback that's going to allow somebody you're working with to grow and evolve. And by the way, be better for your team and better for the company. The benefits 
are providing this regular informal feedback. And that's the key thing here, informal feedback. I do this all the time, every time I speak to somebody. And that informal feedback is very easy to do. It's the stuff that's a bit more big and, ooh, that's like poking at them a bit more that I find still uncomfortable. The regular, like, this is what's working well, this is not what's working well, what can we do? That's regular feedback that should just be part of your operating procedure. If your team sees that you would do this, they're going to care because you care. Your rapport with your team will strengthen and the morale will increase. In fact, if you do this in a team meeting, they will get to see everybody's treated the same. Everybody gets some feedback. Everybody gets the opportunity to grow. This is really, really good for your team's everything, for the team ego, because yes, your team has an ego as well, because it keeps them on the same level playing field. It also allows each person to hear different perspectives. And also, I think whenever we have this informal, regular feedback, you are allowing these people to feedback to you. So you both get to work towards a solution. Giving constructive feedback also helps lay out a professional growth plan. So constructive feedback will assist your team member with their progression, particularly if it's more chunky. So that's more for a one-on-one conversation. But ultimately, remember that by progressing your team's capabilities, you level them up, which levels you up. Your organization levels up. We should always be aiming to level everybody up. So don't feel threatened by your team. Don't be afraid of leveling them up to where you are by giving them that growth feedback, the stuff that's going to make them as good as you or better, because that's going to level you up, by the way, as well. One last benefit is that great regular informal feedback increases this ability to address any problems that arise in such a way that your team is more likely to actually notice the problems effectively in a timely manner themselves. If you always demonstrate that you have your finger on the pulse of the situation, that you are always like in there noticing things and saying, what can we do? Now, that is not the same as micromanagement. It is saying we should have attention to detail as a team. It is giving feedback so your team has attention to detail. It's saying to your team, so what are we missing here? It is saying, I have my finger on the pulse, but I'm also going to allow you as an individual to manage your own time. The difference between micromanagement on what they're doing and giving them feedback so they elevate in small little areas. They're two separate skills. But as I said, there are many wrong ways to give feedback. So those are the right ways. That timely, informal, frequent, small is better. You will sometimes have to do big feedback. But hopefully if you give small and frequent feedback, you're going to find that the need for the big, oh my goodness moment feedback is going to be small and limited in numbers. But how can you correctly give constructive feedback that is not going to be very well received, but is also taken and implemented into the team members day to day? Well, first, it's important to do that regularly. I know, I know, I keep saying that. Be frequent, right? (laughs) But this applies to the big stuff too. As I said, don't wait for that 360 review, annual review, quarterly. Make sure this feedback isn't sporadic and it is done straight away. So even if it's something big, you want to be dealing with it as soon as possible, whether that's the next regular one-on-one or if it's something really big, schedule a one-off and be like, hey, we need to tackle this. Your team will get to know that this is how you work because you know that the big things shouldn't wait. So yes, they'll be a little bit apprehensive. You schedule something, you need to go over it. You're not waiting for the next one-on-one. And it just allows your team to really learn that you're not going to let things go and you want them to not get into a black hole between like two one-on-one regular meetings. One-on-ones are also key here. As much as I think it is useful to have that regular informal feedback in the team so everybody can see how everybody else is treated, you can all learn from each other. Great team members will learn from other people's feedback as well. I love that bit. 
There are many things which are going to be uncomfortable and those should be discussed privately. So the team member doesn't feel called out, undermined or embarrassed. Make sure that happens in your regular one-on-ones if it's not needed to be done straight away in a one-off meeting. When you're giving feedback, be specific and give context. So don't just say you need to improve your work performance. Say what happened in this situation was unacceptable, right? Give concrete examples. Be specific about what went wrong, what the outcome was, and what they could do differently next time so that their performance positively changes. Maybe you need to give feedback about how something they did affected the rest of the team or how if they'd done something differently, you would have had a different outcome. Give examples and be specific in how you deliver it. Stay positive. Make it clear that you're there to help and want to see them grow. Remind them that this is a growth opportunity. Remember, we want everybody we work with to be in a growth mindset. So focus on what happened rather than the individual in front of you. Next, give your team member a chance to share and give their perspective, especially if this is a sensitive one. So in the team context, you may well get some pushback until they all settle down into like, this is not an opportunity for me to be defensive, but instead it's an opportunity for me to grow and I should listen to this feedback and there'll be the occasional pushback. But in these more chunky, uncomfortable ones, which you're doing one-on-one, you want to give them an opportunity to give their perspective. You want to show you care, that you're empathetic, show compassion, and allow that person to emote back to you. This isn't about them being perfect and not having emotions. Now, there's a whole thing on how to avoid being defensive, how to deal with somebody being defensive. Oh my God, I've got like a whole training on that in the academy. <laughs> if you're interested, join Lit Up Lead for Academy. Just like segue there. But Really, it's about learning how to allow that person in front of you to emote, to express their defensiveness. Eventually, you're going to coach them through how to not be defensive. And instead, this is an opportunity for them. But you want to give them that space to do that. If you're new or unpracticed at giving this constructive feedback, where you're taking something meaty and saying, like, this is what needed to happen differently, be aware of it and give yourself grace for the possibility of messing up. I think this is something... I wish all of us had did more. Like, if you've not done this, you are going to mess up at some point. I've messed up so many times in my leadership career, and I yet I coach and I teach leadership all day long. So just be aware that you will mess up at some point. That's okay. Give yourself grace. Admit to your team when you mess up. It's going to happen. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to miss the mark. You're going to double down on something which you didn't need to double down on. But the more you practice giving feedback, the more you experience what someone does when you provide feedback, the more you're going to learn what works, what doesn't work, how to improve, and also how to just hold space for somebody that's really emoting. At some point, you will probably have to give feedback which goes really badly as far as the other person is concerned. You're going to get somebody lashing out at you. You've already experienced this. And I just want you to learn that it's not about you at this point. It's about them and that's okay. And I want you to give yourself grace to learn how to sit there and give them that space to emote at you. What they say in that moment, even if it sounds personal, isn't really about you. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I've worked with clients who've had everything thrown at them. Accusations of racism, sexism, all sorts of horrific things. Um, unfair treatment. They've had all this stuff thrown at them. I'm not saying this is going to happen to you, but I just want to prepare you. Um, and, you know, this also happens when we fire people or we put them on pips or anything like that. You know, negative stuff. 
causes some people to react really badly and unprofessionally. That sarcasm there. One of my favorites is somebody bursting out into tears in front of me. I struggle with that. I mean, I did used to. I, I'm better now because sometimes my clients cry in front of me. What can I say? <laughs> I view that as getting to like a really juicy bit of coaching. But it's uncomfortable when somebody cries in front of you and you have been the catalyst for that happening. But it's about them at that point. It isn't about you. Try and sit with that and just hold space. And that doesn't mean that you are impervious to it. When I have somebody cry in front of me, I will get a bit teary. And I'm a coach, right? I'm not supposed to cry in front of my clients. I do, by the way, sometimes cry. But it's more uh, an empathetic cry. We have to learn how to not let it get under our skin. Like tangent there. Learning to coach is such an amazing leadership skill. I just, I think it is something that every single leader should learn how to do. Because I think it gives you the ability to hold space for something like this. But just remember that however this turns out, whatever happens as you give this feedback, and hopefully 99.999% of the time, the feedback is going to be well received, you're going to have a great outcome, and everybody's going to level up as a result. But even just practicing, recognizing it's okay for this person to not feel okay, it's going to make this easier in the long term. So just wanted to give you space for experiencing anxiety around how it might not go well. Once you've delivered your feedback, I would also recommend working on a solution with that team member. So assuming it's gone well enough that you can immediately do this, you might need to give space to do it later on, but allow for this conversation. Move the conversation from defensiveness, if there was any, forward to what can we do? One of the worst types of feedback I received in some of my previous roles was when I was talked at. Feedback was given to me by a boss with no chance to ask questions or clarify what was needed. That is often done when a boss has held on to information for too long and it's now bubbling over in their brain. They need to get it out and share it, which is why regular and timely feedback is so key. But you then need to give the individual you're speaking to the chance to share their perspective and what steps they will take. Ideally, ask them what they think they would like to do. Now, if this is really tricky, you will need to do more for them. But involve them as much as possible in outlining outcomes so they feel empowered and accountable and encouraged to step up into it. Finally, plan to follow up and acknowledge any improvements or achievements made by your team member. So you've gone through the phase of delivering this feedback. They've received it, however they've received it, hopefully positively. And then you've gone together through outlining what needs to happen next. There's clear expectations and goals that are going to allow them to quickly implement changes and you're then going to be monitoring that and I want you to notice the change and acknowledge their improvements. Personally, I love to encourage my team to own their feedback, own the outcomes, own the changes that they're going to take. So I want them to proactively come to me and share with me what they're going to improve. And I tell them that. This is also something I share with women I coach. If you want your boss to notice improvement, you need to share with them. So say to your boss, I'm working on this. Is this what you're expecting? How do you think it's going? If you don't own that, if you don't go to your boss and be like, hey, so that thing we talked about six months ago, I've been doing this. They're not going to notice. They're just going to fail to bring it up again. I want you to be proactive in doing that. And I want you to coach. That's where I coach again. <laughs> coach your team to do the same with you. Say to them, I'm going to pay attention to what we've agreed here, the targets, the changes, but I want you to bring this to me. I want you to come to me and share with me what you've been doing. Nurture your high-performing team so that they own their professional development and encourage them to bring this to you in regular one-on-ones. Keep an eye on things, at least until you know you can trust them to bring those uncomfortable elements of growth with you. 
but encourage them to bring the topics up in the next one-on-one instead of you driving it. You want to empower your team to really own their forward progression. So now let's talk about a different type of feedback, peer-to-peer feedback. So we've focused so far on dealing with our teams, but we get feedback from all directions. Sometimes we even need to give feedback up the way. That's another topic for another day. But there are times when it's necessary for peers to give each other feedback in a group setting, such as a team member coming together for a new project. Having this peer-to-peer group feedback is also necessary in order to have a team working well together towards a common goal. So you're going to need to learn how to say, this isn't working for us. By us, you mean like you and your team. And you need to be able to give that information to your peer who is representing something else. Now, while a lot of what I said would work in a team environment, I would also like to add that it's important to set expectations early as a team. Setting group expectations allows each team member to hear the same message at the same time and there's no confusion about what goals are. So every team should have considered agreed upon goals so that the feedback that you're giving or you're receiving has that framework around it. Be the person that drives for that. If you haven't already got that for this team of peers that you are part of, ask for clear goals and expectations. What is it that we do? Why do we come together every week or every month or however often you meet Or what is the point of this project we're working on together? Have that in mind. So then you're all working from the same mindset. It also allows everyone to hear deadlines and how they're going to hold each other accountable. Then I also like to make time in these peer-to-peer meetings for feedback. I like to have it as an agenda item. (laughs) This creates that expectation of we're going to come together, check in and see how smoothly things are running. And if we need to, up-level. It allows you to outwardly appreciate your colleagues because it's on the agenda. So if things are going well, you say so. But also to just drop in there some areas needing improvement. Having this as a regular check-in allows the performance issues to come up, be in the open and dealt with before they become too big. It's like what I was saying with the one-on-one. It's really about creating this cultural expectation. If there are issues in a group environment, again, you might need to do those one-on-one, but more often than not with a peer-to-peer relationship, One of the best things you can do is in this peer setting is to create that culture of giving issues. Now, remember that you alone cannot solve team issues, but by coaching your peers and therefore actually your team as well, you are going to help discussion and problem solving, coming together for solutions and fostering team relationships and building trust with each other that is incredibly important for success in an organization. Okay. I promised you at the top of the show that I was going to talk about the shit sandwich. (laughs) So I want to spend a few minutes right at the end here to talk about that. So the famous feedback sandwich, shit sandwich, as many of the women I've worked with over the years have called it. Um, Apologies. I think this comes with a health warning at the beginning of the show. So hopefully you knew there was swearing. I do swear fairly often on this show. If you're new to this, be aware for that. (laughs) So you already had a spoiler. It doesn't work, right? I told you that at the top. It's kind of in the name. But let me tell you a little bit more. In case you aren't aware, this is about giving something positive at the beginning, followed by something constructive or negative, then finishing off with another positive comment. We've all had this type of feedback. It's very common for managers to give feedback this way. But what is actually wrong with this? Why am I saying not good? So here's the thing. Good, negative, good. You're left wondering, uh, what what have I done well? It's super confusing. (laughs) You may have experienced this and thought, did I need to improve or not? What do I need to be doing here? If nothing else, because it's sandwiched, there's no opportunity to say, hey, so what what do you need me to do? There's no time for that clarification and clarifying what needs to shift, 
how you can level up. But more than that, it's just the confusion. Positive, negative, positive. What are we talking about there? I I want to have clear, honest feedback and I want you to be giving that to everybody around you. So give honest, clear, concise feedback. Agree actionable steps for improvement. Stay away from the feedback sandwich. It's often resorted to, by the way, for those of us who feel uncomfortable giving constructive feedback. I was actually taught how to do this. I can't believe I'm saying that now. (laughs) Early in my career, I was taught how to give this kind of feedback. I was told it's the best way to do it so people don't get upset, they don't cry in front of you, they don't lash out, they don't tell you you're a terrible human, go ahead and do it. I'm like, wow, okay. Now with all the years of experience I've got doing leadership training and coaching, and they're like, it is one of the most damaging things I was taught because I know I was taught with other people who will still be doing that today. If I hadn't specialized, moved away from being an engineer and specialized in what I now do, I would be perpetuating that as well. So please hear me and do not do it. When we learn how to give regular, practiced, constructive feedback and positive feedback when it makes sense, just not in the sandwich format, you are going to get more and more comfortable. Your team is going to get more and more comfortable. Your team is going to have this culture of giving feedback, receiving it, not getting defensive. Remember, they have the right to not take your feedback on. There's always a conversation there to be had, like, how much do they disagree? You don't want to be just poking holes for the sake of it, but you do want everybody to feel confident receiving feedback and see it as an opportunity to grow. So what I always give as a final word of caution here is once you create this culture of feedback, do not fall into the habit of like, I've got to give them something every single week. Unless it's something really, really key, allow them to fix what you've recently given them. That's on you, that burden. The burden on them is to be proactive in bringing back to you what they're doing. The burden on you is to not overdo it. And that's something I fall into the trap of doing. I'm like, I can see how to improve everything. It's why I do what I do. (laughs) Some of my clients have described coaching with me as drinking from a fire hose. You get a lot of value when you work with me. That's all I'm going to say, but it is intense. I think personally, as it should be, if you're going to work with me one-on-one, my Lit Up Leadership program is a lot calmer. It's a slower pace. It's a beautiful way to work with me. But my one-on-one coaching, you know, it's we're going to up-level you really, really quickly. So expect a lot. (laughs) And I think as a leader, I fall into that trap. As a CEO today, I've had to learn how to pull back on that. I have to allow my team to up-level in that one area, unless there's a really big problem that we need to deal with. I allow them to up-level in that one area, and then I bring in the next thing. Don't overdo it. Even if you're like me and you can see issues everywhere and improvements everywhere, one thing at a time. Okay, mindset. As always, let's finish up with some mindset. Giving feedback doesn't have to be uncomfortable. Ooh, did I really just say that? And I say that as somebody who struggles with certain types of feedback, but it will be uncomfortable when you get started. So here's what I want you to hear. If you're listening to this and thinking, okay, I get it. I need to give more feedback going to go ahead and start doing it. But oh my goodness, this is always going to be uncomfortable. Tony said that she still struggles with this. When you start, especially if you've got a team that doesn't have a culture of feedback, it's going to be uncomfortable for all of you. But if you learn the skill of how to give this feedback regularly, often in small bites, and your team recognizes how to receive it, your team even recognizes how to dole it out as well without being defensive, without being argumentative, you're going to create this beautiful culture of just, this is how we operate, but it takes time to get there. So if you are new at this and you're thinking, 
I'm going to give this a go. And oh my God, is it going to get better? Here's the mindset you need to hear. It is going to get a whole lot easier. It is. (laughs) This is a muscle you get to practice. So start again, as I say so often on the show, pick one thing you hear on this show, give it a go, embed it for like two weeks and then come back and see if you're ready to up level to the next bit. Do one tiny thing at a time, see if you get results and then up level up. It's always hard to start this. Remember when you started to learn to drive, certainly here, driving stick in the UK. I remember my first driving lesson, I didn't get above like 15 miles per hour. I don't think I got out of first gear. It might've got to second, I can't remember, but I really like it was so hard. Now I get in the car and I don't think about it, right? That's what happens. We learn something, it's hard when we start, but then it comes autopilot. This is gonna be the same way. So even though, like me, maybe you'll always have some bits of this which are a bit uncomfortable, and I do have that. At the same time, it is going to get so much easier. This is a journey. It will get better. All right, as always, remember, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. <laughs>